Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ MV. Charlamagne the God. Peace to the planet. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Hump day. Yes, it's Wednesday hump day. What's happening? Good morning. What's up? Last night was a lively night on social media. Between the BET Hip Hop Awards and uh, Ben Simmons hitting the three pointer and uh, Ben Simmons uh, in the three pointer, uh, the girlfriend's reunion on Blackish. Last night was a very lively night on social media. I missed yes. everything. My flight was delayed coming home, so by the time I landed, I got home. It was like ten o'clock. I think I missed everything. Man, I got home early. I was in Jacksonville yesterday because uh, I was at Edwards Waters College. Mm-hmm. You know, talking about my favorite subject, uh, mental health, because you know this is Mental Health Week, and tomorrow is uh, World Mental Health Awareness Day. And I got back home early. In fact, this is why you always got to get to the airport when you're supposed to, right? Got to the airport early. It was three people on my flight. Really? So being that it was three people on, and I'm talking about three including me and Wax. So being that it was three people on our flight, they was like, yo, we out. We was, I was sitting down eating. They was like, yo, yo, we leaving in two minutes. So we left a whole hour early. Oh, that was amazing. Oh, that's what, nice. What, that was JetBlue? Nah, I was on United Airlines yesterday. You know, uh, they just do that. I didn't know they could do that. They did it yesterday. Hey, as if no one else is on the flight. It was three people on the whole flight, and I guess they figured all of us were checked in. It was like eight o'clock in Jacksonville Airport. wasn't really a lot of people there, and we was out. Mo, well, I got to the airport <laughs> early, like I always do, and my flight got delayed. <laughs> you got delayed? Yeah. But the, that's why LaGuardia, and I was looking at the list of, like, the worst airports, and LaGuardia is definitely, I think, number one on that list, mm. just because it's a small airport. So a lot of times it could be not because of the weather, but just because of the amount of planes coming in at one time, they'll delay you, and that's why we were delayed. Okay. So. All right. Well, today, who we have joining us today? Who's that by? Well, you know, um, about about a month ago, maybe a month or two ago, mm-hmm. um, I got a call because, you know, one of my, if you know anything about Charlemagne the God, you know one of my favorite shows of all time uh, is Girlfriends. Right. Okay. So a couple months ago, uh, I got a call to come on the set of Blackish and interview Jill Marie Jones, Tracy Ellis Ross, Persia White, and Golden Brooks, uh, commonly known to y'all as my girlfriends. And since they was on Blackish last night, um, we got questions, and hopefully they give y'all the answers that y'all need. This morning, because I'm gonna play some of that conversation back on the Breakfast Club. All right. Mm-hmm. So dream come true for you, right? Did you get a little moist when you did the interview? Nah, I did get excited though. You know how you uh, sit down and have conversations sometime, and people say, you know, what what would your dream interview be? But you don't realize it until you're in it. That was definitely one of my dream interviews. Okay. You know what I'm saying? All right. I mean, just the fact that you know, for years I've always you know talked about how much I love that show mm-hmm. and acknowledge that show often, mm-hmm. and don't even realize that you know. They were paying attention in that way. But I think we're one step co- closer to closure, my people. If you, if you watch Girlfriends, you know that we didn't get the proper closure that we deserve. I think we're one step closer to, to closure. All right. Can well, you sing mm-hmm. the intro again? No. My people, my, my people heard it. 
My girlfriend. Nah, sit, sit, stay in the back. My girl. Stay in the back. Don't, 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 jump, don't, don't, don't jump on the bandwagon now. Girl, girl, Has there ever been a male version of that? Like my... my don't jump on the bandwagon now. Stay girl in the back. Girlfriend. Has there ever been a girl version? A, a boy, boy ver- version? Like, is, that, has there ever, is there any show that's like the male version? I mean, maybe the Wu-Tang Clan show on Hulu now. <laughs> that's that's about brotherhood. Version. All right. <laughs> we got front page news next. Okay. About well, let's talk about STDs. Now, there's three STDs that have reached all-time highs here in the United States. Okay. All right. We'll get into that next. Have a great morning. Let's go. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where we start with Yee? Well, let's talk about STDs. Now, there are three STDs that have reached an all-time high in the U.S., and that is for the fifth consecutive year, gonorrhea, chlamydia, and syphilis have risen in the U.S. Wow, not herpes? How would no. herpes would be number one? Nope. And they said possible reasons for this is people not using condoms as much, mm-hmm. people not getting tested, and, ca- and cases not being diagnosed and reported as much. So. I thank God that I've never had an STD in my life, but I am shocked that herpes is not number one. What does herpes rank on that list? Only we're just talking about three that have reached all-time highs. It's not a list. Oh, so of, it's not who's number. It's just that they had an all-time yeah, high this year. Yeah, they've been rising. Oh, gotcha. So you, before gotcha, a lot gotcha. of these were on the decline, now they are on the rise. They said syphilis was close to elimination. Gonorrhea rates were at historic lows, and they were able to point to advances in STD prevention. But now it seems like those are all unraveling. I'm be honest with you, you still getting burnt in 2019. Grow up, all right. Grow up and find a goddamn significant other and be with one person. All right, now let's discuss Bernie Sanders. His daughter in law his daughter in law died from cancer last week, so that's unfortunate. Rest mm-hmm. in peace and our condolences to the family. She was only forty six years old. Damn. Wow. Yes, and Bernie Sanders has said he's going to scale back his campaign schedule in the wake of his own heart attack. Here's what he had to say. How are you feeling, Senator? I feel very good. Thank you. When can we see you back on the trail? Oh, getting back to work uh, a little bit right now. Uh, but mostly what I'm trying to do is I used to walk a good uh, distance every day and I got out of that habit uh, I'm trying to get back into it that's gonna hurt Bernie man sadly because I mean people already look at Bernie and they think that he's too old and not at the fact that you're having heart attacks during a presidential campaign and slowing down your campaign he should take care of himself first and foremost absolutely man I mean not to mention I mean I like Bernie Mm -hmm. a lot but you can't you can't trust your vote with somebody that's that age and you know having those type of health problems you just can't all right, now, a second suspect has been arrested in the killing of Joshua Brown. Joshua Brown was the key witness in the murder trial of Amber Geiger, the former Dallas police officer who was convicted of killing both of Jean. So the second suspect, uh, they have identified three men and arrested two of them, three Louisiana men who had met him in Dallas for a drug purchase, according to reports. They said the men are Thaddeus Green, Jaquarius Mitchell, and Michael Diaz Mitchell as well. They said up until Tuesday, only Jaquarius Mitchell, who was hospitalized, was in custody. Uh, According to these reports, uh, they're saying that Joshua Brown allegedly shot and wounded Jaquarius Mitchell as things escalated into a physical altercation during an alleged drug deal. So that's when uh, he was shot twice and they took a backpack from Joshua Brown and they took the gun that was used to wound Mitchell as well, allegedly. So it had nothing to do with the other case, they're saying. Allegedly, no, it doesn't. Mm. I see a lot of people thinking that this was the a sketchy situation. Mm. Yeah. And what else we got, Yee? Um, that's it for now. All right. Well, that's front page news. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up right now. Maybe you had a bad night, horrible night, or maybe you feel blessed and you want to spread some positivity. 800-585-1051. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. 
The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Anthony. Anthony, get it off your chest. <laughs> Man, I got my second DUI within 10 years. Uh, congratulations. Man, I feel real bad. Yeah, I know. I don't, I don't feel good about it. I feel real bad because I've been caling up these radio shows, trying to be a comedian. I've been, I call Beauty and the Beast and Wax Tabs and Stevie Wonder Braves. I call here Facebook. Billy and the Beast. And then, you know, I feel like an like a idiot for drinking and driving. Yeah, was it the jokes on you? You was calling up trying to make jokes on everybody else. Meanwhile, you out here racking up DUIs. Exactly. Did anybody exactly. get injured? No, 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 no. Except for me. It's in my pocket. That has to be a, that's a warning to you, too, by the way. The worst case scenario, man. Somebody else could have been seriously hurt or killed. So you can't yeah, do things like that. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't that drunk where I was blacked out and I was swerving and, and It doesn't matter. Drunk. It doesn't matter. You could have killed somebody. I, I know. I, I understand. So, I mean, let's just be born to everybody else. Like, don't drink and drive as everybody should. I already know by now. And excuse me, I think so. So now I got to work seven days a week just to be able to support a lawyer, just to be right. able to not lose my job, not lose my family, not lose my apartment that we just got. So, you know, don't, don't, don't mess up like I did, people. Well, I'm glad you're using your experiences teach others, man. And um, what, are you, what are you drinking on this morning as you drive into work? Water. There you go. Congratulations. All right, brother. Hello, who's this? Hey, it's uh, Nelson. Hey, Nelson, get it off your chest. Hey, I just want to say how grateful I am that uh, you guys introduced me to all your podcasts. Uh, I think it's been a really been inspirational experience watching all of those to the point that I said I wanted to do the same. And I didn't just set that goal for myself. I actually did follow through. I've been doing it for about six weeks, really enjoying So I just want to say thank you to the Casey crew and Lip Service and the brand Idiots. You guys have really been inspiring. Oh, well, thank love, you. Bro. We appreciate it. And Lip Service is going on tour starting uh, October 20th. So make sure you look for those dates on LiveNation.com. Hello, who's this? Dennis. Hey, Dennis. Hey, Dennis. Get it off your chest. I have a, an issue. Uh, apartment complex where I live, believe it or not, and as insane as this may sound, I'm being constantly terrorized by the sound what appears to be of a software around the apartment complex where I live. What the hell is he talking it's, about? What did he it's, say? It's a sound of a software of, of uh, passing by vehicles. It's not an actual vehicles, but it's a sound of, of what appears to be engines. No I doubt. still don't know what he's well, talking have a good about. Morning, man. I'm, I'm a fake act like I know what you're good talking luck. about. Word, I feel you, man. God got a plan for you. That's what I had. Hello, who's this? Yo, it's ASAP Don. Good morning, Breakfast Club. Hey, get good it off morning. your chest. Hey, um, good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, Charlemagne. God, DJ Envy. Peace, King. Um, what's going on? Y'all Y'all figured out who did that rapper's list yet? Because I, I just want to drop one of Clues Bond for Andre 3000 that... Nobody has got to that peak or level to take him down from the number one spot. I want to just drop, y'all drop a clue bomb for Andre 3000, please. I'm going to tell you something. I love, T.I. I, released I, his list. I did see that. I love Andre 3000. You know what I'm saying? Andre 3000 is phenomenal, but Andre 3000 cannot be number one on any greatest rapper of all time list simply because Andre 3000 does not have any rap solo albums. 800-585-1051. Get it off your chest. Hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass up. 
This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hi, this is WCM. Hey, good morning, Mama. Get it off your chest. Good morning. I wanted to promote my song, let the world know that I have a song out. Okay. What's it called? It is called Woke. All right, let's hear something from you live right now. You said what now? Let's hear something live, your new single. All right, now it's a little uh, explicit, so you uh, let me know if well, I'm going to Well, you censor yourself. We're listening. Okay. I'll say Nookie. Nookie woke him up like a cup of soldiers. He took a deep breath, Nookie. You know it ain't over. Taste better swim like his little soldiers. Fast pace. I'm a rattle till you. All right, yo, check this out, right? Um, I know the song is called Woke, but you need to go back to sleep. Maybe she ain't get to the good part yet. That was garbage, man. I just want to hear the verse. Yeah, hear the good part. Yeah, go. Oh, that was that, that wasn't the verse. Hey, Oh yeah, you need to go to sleep, sleep. You need to take some CBD. You need a weighted blanket. Nah, she got she got a nice voice. Say the other good part. You need a sixteen hundred thread count sheet. Like you need a nice deep REM sleep, yo. Like you need to go night night. You tried it. Yeah, you you, you been you been woke it. too long. Where you from, Mama? I'm from Hollywood. All okay. right, WCM, get right. it, girl. Well, good y'all, luck. Y'all love drip, lying drip. to people. Good luck. Really, check it out for real, for real. Check what out? A song. <laughs> Where? It's called Jeez. Woke. WCM. Where do you find it? Exactly. On all the platforms. Sure. <laughs> Hello, who's this? Yo, what's up? It's your boy Mello. Mello, what's up, bro? Nah, nothing much, man. I just want to shout out my little brother for his birthday. Happy birthday, Kale. And also, iPhone Sim, I'm tired of him. How you a thug and almost died in a pillow fight, man. I'm getting tired of him, man. For real. He almost died in a pillow, pillow fight? For real, man. He got into a pillow fight with my little bro. End up having to go to the hospital. It's crazy. How he almost died in a pillow fight. What the hell your little brother had in them pillows? <laughs> I have no idea. Goodness gracious. All right. Trav! Envy. What's, What's up, Envy? What's up, Trav? What's going on? <laughs> Uh, doing good. Hey, what's up, you? Hey, what's up, Trav? How you doing, boo? How are you, boo? I'm doing good. I'm gonna be seeing you soon. I know we're kicking off that lip service tour in Philly with Trav, of course. Ow, ow. What's up, Charlemagne? What's up, sis? Hey, Charlemagne, listen. They playing. They playing for our downfall, Charlemagne. But Uh-oh. we still going to the bowl, baby. Got one. Got one of the bars for the Dallas Cowboys. We'll be fine, man. You we up feel confident too. still? What do you want, Trav? I mean, no, nobody, nobody said we was going undefeated. But listen, I want to talk about um, how they gave that white cop 10 years for going to somebody else's apartment and killing them. And do you know what my twin brother got? What he got? He got 30 years. For what? So like, he didn't kill nobody. What did he do, though? I mean, it was like, I mean, it's it like it was robbery that kind of went left, but nobody died. I, so, I, 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 so I understand. I understand exactly why you upset, sir. So, like, he got 30 years and this girl got 10 years, you know, so... I just think that's crazy. Mm. Did your brother appeal? I think that's crazy. Oh, it's too much. Oh, uh, so 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 he's in Virginia, and they don't have early parole in Virginia. So it's basically, if you get thirty years in Virginia, you got to do thirty years. Like, wow. Like, yeah, you don't want to do a crime in Virginia. It's that common law state, baby. Yes, yeah, commonwealth common state. Yeah, make up their own rules. That commonwealth. Mm-hmm. Right, commonwealth. Bro. Yeah, that's what it was. All right, bro. Have a good one, man. All right. Yeah, don't mess with VA. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up at any time. Now we got rumors on the way. Yes, JT is home. First day out. We got a little snippet for you. It's about that time, city girls. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. 
This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. On the Breakfast Club. So listen up. Well, JT is out of jail from City Girls. Now Young Miami said, you bitches in trouble, my bitch home. City Girls posted on their account. It's a new season. The GOAT is home at JT, JT Free. And she already put out a song. First day out. Listen to this freestyle. I wish I would let one of you hoes try me. I'll be back in khakis, blue shoes, walking through R&D. How y'all going in city girls when y'all ain't half of me? Don't play with your Miami ho. That's the other half of me. Had the whole world waiting on me like I'm a virgin. So it's time to pop this cherry. Get this piece of work in. New Rolls Royce in the back. It was a Birkin. Now that city girls, this shit's just a circus. This be my first day out. I ain't wait a day. Ain't hey, this time I'm like it's cake. JT and the mate. Two bad bitches and they kissing in the rape. Kissing, kissing in the rape. Kissing, kissing in the rape. I haven't heard the whole record yet. That's you know what I'm dope. saying? I was about to say she was off beat in the beginning, but that's just what the city girls do. But yeah. also, when you might. She sound great, though. When you my age, you remember uh, Gucci Man first day out. So as soon as I saw that title, I was expecting something like that. So I have to remove all expectations. Anything about T Grizzly? T Grizzly. I remember T Grizzly, but I didn't think about T Grizzly when I heard that. That's title. what I thought about. Yeah, I, thought about, I thought about Gucci first day out. Gucci first day out is a classic, classic record. So my expectation was that. So I got to take away that expectation and listen to the record with a fresh brain. Well, it's she sounds great. So welcome home to JT. All right, now Simone Biles just made history. She's the most decorated female gymnast ever. She just won her twenty-first world championship medal in Germany, and now she's beaten all the records uh, previously. Savet. Svetlana Korkina had 20. So at the age of 22, Simone Biles has made history. Congrats to her. Absolutely. I'm going to Simone Biles. My daughter loves Simone Biles. All right. Now, the singer who uh, voiced young Simba in The Lion King, Jason Weaver, he was offered $2 million, and he turned it down when he did The Lion King. He did that in favor of royalties. So he just kind of knew in his head that they always re-release things. and Smart. Yeah, and he ended up definitely making up for turning that, down that $2 million with his royalties from the movie. Salute to my guy, Jason Weaver, man. All right, now Birdman, his bank accounts are being seized. He owes over $1 million in debt, according to court documents that mm-hmm. the blast obtained. So he'll have any money he has with Citibank seized and turned over to Penzo. That is the company. And Nicole, N- Nicholas Jose Penzo has fired off subpoenas to Citibank because they believe that Birdman has money stored and they want that money turned over. So that's his ex-employee. Damn, so basically they say put some respect on your debt. All right, Takashi 69 is going to learn what's going to happen to him in December. December 18th is when he's going to be going to court for sentencing. So stay tuned for that to find out what all that talking actually got him. He was facing a mandatory minimum of 47 years. Now he cut a deal for giving up all that information. We don't know what he's going to end up with yet, but December 18th is the date we'll find out. I still think time served. I think you're going to get time served. I don't think you're going to get no time. All right, T.I. has... Well, that is time. Well, time served, not no extra time. T.I. has expeditiously created his own list of top 50 rappers. And there was an argument over who's going to be on here. He had to choose between Nicki Minaj and Lil' Kim, right? And here's what happened in that discussion. It's between Lil' Kim and Nicki. I don't think we can have both. Everybody knows. Because they are a direct reflection of one another. Nicki would not be here doing the things she is doing if Lil' Kim wouldn't have did that. I definitely agree. So what? We don't care about that. She one of the biggest selling artists of all time, and and I salute that. For the slide out the button B, we have Lil' Kim or Nicki Minaj. All in favor of Lil' Kim. This is crazy, y'all. All right, well, this is a unanimous. The entire table voted for Lil' Kim. 
Lil' Kim, let her have the slot. What are the criteria for the top 50 MCs list? Like, when, when people make these lists, are they doing it because of lyrics or impact? Or is it both lyrics and impact? It probably it's depends. It's, and it's all subjective. It's whoever you think. So, But no, you still got to have some criteria. It can't just be whatever you think. It has to be, you have to have a criteria for why you're putting certain people up. If it's lyrics and impact, I think Kim would make the list simply because Hardcore was that good lyrically and it made major impact. Uh, I don't know where on the list she would go. And I think Nicki would make, make, a, make the list for impact. Yeah, but there's some people yeah. on the list that didn't impact me coming up in New York and it impacted other people. I think it's regional, too. Like who? You know, there's certain people that I never really, not that they're not great artists, but I never really listened to it like because who? growing like up who? here, I didn't. Like, okay, let me see who's on this list that I would say I didn't. Like, I never really listened to 8-Ball growing up. Oh, definitely listen to 8-Ball and MJG. That's why I say, man. But I'm not saying he's not a great artist. It just wasn't what we were playing here. That's yeah, why we I weren't like, playing 8-Ball. But That's why I like being from the South, especially South Carolina, because growing up, we didn't have our own music like Atlanta did or like New York did, so we used to listen to everything. That's why I can say my favorite MCs of all time are Ghostface Killer, Scarface, Jay-Z, Killer Mike, T.I., Jeezy, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I can Nas. I can I can say all of those different people because I listen to all those different different artists. Yeah, I, did, I think I we were well. very New York centric. We were very New York. I, I, I learned more That's about southern artists when I went to Hampton. That's when I learned about Eight Ball, MJG. That's when I learned about Master P. That's when I learned about Pimp C, Scarface, and all that. Like Other some than, people will say, like Bone Thugs and Harmony is one of their favorite groups of all time. They are. Right. They are one of the. But I, I think, and I didn't like them growing up, but they wanted the best group. They are one of the mm -hmm. best groups of all time. Right. But I think regionally, like in the Midwest, Bone Thugs and Harmony might be number one on the list. I mean, Bone was he, Bone yeah. Thugs was huge. Mm -hmm. like, like and then Bone there's people who huge. don't know that much about Wu Tang. And for me, growing up, Wu Tang was my favorite group. I'm from South Carolina. What hoodie? What hoodie y'all got on right now? Well, that was free merch. Who I, but who I say? My, <laughs> who have I been saying my favorite rapper is for years? Go but I know plenty. But I know like, plenty of people who are from other places, from other regions that never really listened to Wu Tang. That's, that's and couldn't that, name no Wu Tang songs. I would have to say that's y'all bias. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I've never was like that. If it was dope, it was dope. It didn't like matter. Like a Tribe Called Quest was one of my favorite groups growing up. Love Tribe Called Quest. How can you not from other regions never really listen it just is what it is because music isn't the way that it is now with streaming services yeah, but back then you online. had Rap City and, uh, and those are the only outlets too but you gotta think you know BT, we always watch BT growing up you didn't, you didn't even see a lot of down south have, representation. Yeah, I, down south I, 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 I didn't no. have cable growing up, so I wasn't watching that. You didn't have cable? No, I didn't. Yeah, video music box. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but they play they mostly, come on once a week. Yeah, they play mostly uh, New, New York, York and East Coast stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But back in the day, when you and then, uh, it was another show that used to come on late at night. What was the show? Friday Night Video. What was the show? D Barnes used to host. I don't know. Okay. I never watched it. But you had your MTV Raps. You had the show D Barnes used to host. I didn't have you cable had, again. You had so. Rap City. <laughs> Like uh, Showtime at the Apollo, the groups that you used to see every once in a while. Were before, always yeah. mostly up north. She had Pump artists. It Up. Pump It Up, yes. All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that. that is your rumor report. I never watched Pump It Up. All right, well, we got front page news next. What are we talking about? Uh, yes, we are going to be talking about California. They are cutting off people's energy. We'll tell you why. They're cutting off the power. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Yo, it's a white man standing behind me, man, making me nervous, man. What you gonna do? And I told him that. I said, you know the way my anxiety is set up, and you know, these domestic terrorists running these streets, why are you standing behind me like that, Steve? And Steve goes, well, you know me. And I go, the fact that I know you is what scares me. Mm. Okay? All Steve, right. you still back there? Can I get a drop? You see what I'm saying? Mm -mm -mm. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into <laughs> front page news. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Well, we start with ye. Uh, well, let's start with Johnson & Johnson. They have to pay $8 billion after male breasts have been linked to an antipsychotic drug. That drug 
is called Risperdal. Now, one person, Nicholas Murray, says uh, he developed breasts after he started taking Risperdal in 2003 when a psychologist diagnosed him with autism spectrum disorder. And so now they have to pay $8 billion because men were growing breasts. That's a side effect that they weren't aware of. Now, are some of these people fat and just blaming their breasts on um, Johnson & Johnson? No, they actually have breasts. There's video and you can see that. Like titty titties? Yeah, they have breasts. So Wait, imagine, Can we post that on Revolt? Because I need to see. Imagine how <laughs> devastating that is if you're taking this drug because you have other disorders. They got pictures? And mental trauma. I'm sure and, some yeah, pictures Yeah, they do. They there. have video of the person and they really grew breasts. Revolt got everything but wow. that. Okay. You can make some money at the circus this year. Nah, it's not cool at all. The man with breasts at the fair. Remember they used to have the man with the beard? My goodness. No, not the man with the beard. The woman with the beard. So they could have the man with the breasts at the fair. Equality, baby. All right, now let's talk about PG&E. They started cutting off power across parts of Northern California. They said almost 800,000 customers will be affected by this. And they're doing that in an effort to help prevent starting a wildfire. Forecasters are warning. Many parts of Northern California are under extreme fire weather danger with windy and dry conditions. So because of that, they are cutting off power. So that's almost a million people that's going to affect. And in California, gas prices are soaring above $4. That's the highest price they've had in five years. A number of refinery outages tighten gas supply in the market. The average price of regular gas is now $4.18 a gallon in California. There's a lot going on right there. Now, let's talk about Donald Trump. The White House has announced they will not comply with illegitimate and unconstitutional impeachment inquiry. They sent a letter over to the Democrats, an eight-page letter to Nancy Pelosi and to top Democrats, stating why they will not participate and what they say is that impeachment inquiry, they're calling it illegitimate, like I said, and unconstitutional. They're saying these proceedings have run over congressional norms and the president's due process rights. If there's any doubt that the Republican Party, uh, or really the Trump administration, is now a fascist regime, then this should confirm it, okay? Fascists are totally against democracy, and Donald Trump is wiping his ass with the Constitution, okay? Another example of obstruction and the president abusing his power, period. All right. Well, that is your front page news. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, when we come back, Charlamagne oh got a chance to sit down with the cast of Girlfriends. Could you, you stop saying it like that? It's my <laughs> girlfriends. Listen, okay? You know when they talk about bucket list stuff and, you know, people ask us, you know, who, who would you want to interview? Like, who would be your dream interview? I never have an answer for that because mm -hmm. I just really don't be thinking about it until I'm in the moment. Right. Sitting down with Tracy Ellis Ross, Golden Brooks. Jill Marie Jones and Persia White, okay, Tony, Lynn, Maya, and Jones, sitting down with those women was definitely a dream interview. And if you watched Blackish last night, you saw the girlfriend's reunion, I'm sure that it makes you want closure even more. I'm sure that you have more questions than you do answers, and hopefully, you know, you get some answers from this conversation that we had this morning. Okay. All right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. All right. That happens next. Don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha We are The Breakfast Club. Now, Charlamagne got a chance to kick it with the cast of Girlfriends. Check it out. Now, when we talk about closure, I hope y'all don't think that this episode is closure for the diehard girlfriends. How, how did y'all feel? It's a kiss. Yeah, but we want more than that. Mm. Like, we, need, we got things that we need to wrap up. Like, how did y'all like feel <laughs> not getting that closure? That was hard. Yeah. Really I mean, hard. also, keep in mind, um, Jill left us so... that I mean, that ending was... Mm. No that bueno. Yeah, that mm -hmm. was... Yeah. The last episode that we actually shot 
was Please. during the writer's strike. Oh. I directed it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. None of our regular crew and regular people were there. Yeah. So it was so no closure. Like mm. we, we really we had ended no, on there was no, we had no party. Nothing. Nothing. It was literally, we actually didn't even know, really. Yeah. We just sort just of, and then it just kind just of went into the abyss. Mm -hmm. Like, it's over. You know what's crazy that, um, I don't know who knows, or, you know, a wealth of probably people don't know. I had, I had like maybe five, six lunch meetings with Mara. Like, I was to come back whenever it was going to be, I, we were... We were to, to come, I was to come back. We all back. knew what the story was. Yeah. The show was going to be closed. Oh, yeah. 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 oh, yeah. I was to come back for like maybe four episodes on the end or whatever mm -hmm. like that, and it never happened. And the strike, <laughs> and then they just, our show, uh, CW at the time, just went away. I think it wasn't um, financially uh, the smart decision, mm -hmm. and they just, we Cleaning just went away. House, they they house. called it. Like, and it was a different tone then as well, different network. Yeah, it was just a different world. Yeah. Um, and our show, I don't think, was as important to them as it was to our community. How did the well dynamic said. of the show right? change yeah. after Jill left? It was so different. You know, you build, it's it's kind of like having four children and one leaves off for college. Yeah. You know, and then you're in the house and you kind of have to, you know, it, it, it's never, it would be if any of us were to leave. Mm -hmm. We were the four unit, the four of us. So and then I also think, you know, Shows when they go on that long, six, seven, eight seasons and stuff like that, the dynamics do start to change mm -hmm. because there's <laughs> the legs of the show. Yeah. It starts to change, you know. Um, but it was really weird. Um, it was weird for a lot of reasons. It was weird because we didn't know what, like, there was like, what are we doing? What are the stories that we're telling? Mm -hmm. um, it was weird to have one of our arms gone and to realize that the show itself would move on if any of us left, yeah. which is a strange thought. Now, there was always speculation that it was beef between you, Jill, and the rest no. of the women. Was there? No. It wasn't. No. Mm -mm. Uh, see, okay, let me, let, let me say this. I've, I've said it before, but let me say it again. So what a lot of people don't know is Girlfriends was my third audition in town. So the first audition I booked, second one I didn't, third one I booked, Girlfriends. So I'm on this show for six years. I know no casting people, I know no producers. I mean, they don't know my name, is what I'm saying. So I booked Girlfriends at 25. So now, not only am I a woman, I'm a black woman. I'm like 31, 32 now. And so I'm thinking, I gotta get stuff going. Yeah. Because I don't know, like, what's you know, next? what's yeah. next. And so fear, fear played a part. But you know what I will say? Studios and networks, they can fire you at any time, if they choose. We have a contract. And there was something that I really loved about having the conversation with myself. Do I want to sign a new contract? Or do I want to go in my personal career? Like, I have that choice because I'm, you know, my six year contract was up. And at the time, it felt right for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you have any conversations with the rest of the I didn't. Cast? And I mm -hmm. do, that's the fans, them first for sure, I regret. Um, but the reason why I didn't is because I was afraid that, you know, just the whole business aspect of it, if, if, if one were to say like to agents, or my, it's the whole business aspect of, I got nervous about that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, but then number two, I didn't think about, you have to make an announcement. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. That you <laughs> That's are like, like you're, you're, you're changing yeah, a like it was a I very, didn't know that. Mm -hmm. But I, I regret. I, if I could go back, I would definitely do things differently for sure. Did any of y'all think that Jill was being selfish in mm -hmm. her decision? 
I, think, I sent them flowers on their first day. That the, yeah. I did. I did send them flowers I mean, on their first day back is, to work. One thing I you did. cannot do is tell someone or project how you would do something onto someone else. She made a choice that was right for her, and that was her choice. And we have to respect that. And we did a really good job considering what was there. We loved each other. We switched well. studios. Like yeah. all these different things. There was no roadmap for us in terms yeah. of how to do that, yeah. and I think we were navigating it together. Yeah. Um, it was scary mm -hmm. a lot of the time, um, and I think we did the best in trying to trust each yes. other and sort of support each other as we knew how. That's we it. were all really young. Very young. Um, and very green in our careers. It's funny, we <laughs> haven't had this conversation with the four of us. The Ever? Truth is, no, we haven't been together, the four of us, since... Like that conversation we've that never had. The Essence Luncheon yes. with Mara, but yeah, we've right. never had a chance to have this conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is one of the things that bothered me when I would hear people say, well, what are you guys going to do without Tony? These women are still doing a show. Mm -hmm. But it was hard without you, Jill. No, I get... Well, I, oh, no, but... No, no, no. But what I was I, saying I is, like, what, when other people saying. would yeah. say that, mm -hmm. I'm like, you have these talented actors that are still working on a beautiful show. Mm -hmm. And it, it became a, a topic that I wish it... Hadn't been. Understandable, and I can understand that. But I also have to say that the four of us were the girlfriends. Yeah. And it's like, you know, with any Destiny's Child, yeah. Supremes, whatever, like it's understandable. The place that you start is where people get invested and you fall in love. Yeah. You know, and so there was. Um, they was didn't know. Yeah. They, they didn't you know, know, and I think we didn't know. You have to keep moving. And uh, I think that's what we did. And we did our. You know, we did our best. A final question on this, Jill. In hindsight, you think you made the right decision back then? Or would you I, have done it different? I don't regret leaving, no. I don't regret that. Um, the way, not the communication, I would do some, I would do that differently. But I think I made the best choice for myself at the time, yes. Got you. Yeah. Now, now Golden, uh, had the show continued, do you think you finally uh, would have found someone to paint Jabari's room? <laughs> Real quick, yeah, yeah. real quick, real quick, real yeah, yeah. quick. Um, you know, uh, uh, possibly. I mean, because you those mean Jumanji, Jumanji, Jibu, yeah. Jibubu. I mean, those are those are really real questions. You know, mm -hmm. Jabari's room, real quick. Um, even when I'm at the grocery store, people will stop me. I can see people following me down the produce aisle. That's that's Maya. It's Jabari. Where's Jabari? You know, but that I love that people really felt as if Maya was their cousin or their, yeah, you know, their BFF. Sure. And they really felt a, a strong connection. Yep, when we come back, we're going to kick it with the cast some more. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, Charlamagne got a chance to kick it with the cast of Girlfriends. Check it out. Yeah. I wonder why you're, like, you're not an auntie on mixtures or something. Oh. Because like uh -oh. like the, how important do you think it was to have the representation of, of your character specifically? Oh my God, so important. I mean, so important. I did. I I think it was just <laughs> there were so few people I saw, and like I told you, uh, asking the writers to go mm -hmm. ahead and allow Lynn to be mixed and to be that black girl that is trying to sometimes find her way, raising a white community. But, but you know, it's funny being black in America to me because I grew up in the Bahamas. It is. Until um, I was eight, I felt like coming to America that all the black people I met here were kind of mixed. But finding that voice and being able to put that out there is just such a relief because everybody hates each other so much by trying to make one group one thing and one group. And when you are a physical representation of integration, you stand as a threat to people who are narrow minded. Blackish was the first time that I actually was able to play a mixed woman. Mm -hmm. um, because throughout my career, I've, I'm a black, I mean, I'm a black woman, um, but I'm mixed. 
And um, so mixed dish will be really interesting. And we're also exploring it through my childhood. So it's the 80s, which is a different time than mm. we're in now, period. What is that biracial struggle like? I don't know that it's a struggle for me. It is a particular experience. Um, and, uh, but I find that my experience has allowed me to be a translator in many ways. Mm -hmm. um, I've had to have an understanding of both cultures with an open heart and a compassion that, uh, you know, from a young age, knowing that I don't judge a book by its cover, it has really um, inspired me to look for how I am the same instead of like where the human the humanity connection is, um, but at the same time know that like I don't believe in a colorblind world. I think that the beauty of our world is all of the different um, cultures and textures and skin tones and um, that we come from. That's where that's where the juice comes from. That's where the joy and all of it exists. Um, and I think what I come from has allowed me to have an open lens for that. Persia. Um, I found it to be a sink or swim situation. Mm -hmm. I think that when you're really small and you're confronted with the question every day, what are you? Mm. It's so complicated. You're just a little kid. And I remember my mom didn't want me to know about racism. So when we moved to America in the Bahamas, it didn't exist. I never got asked anything. There's a rainbow of brown kids in the school. Nobody's ever questioned anything. And I got to America, everyone was like, what are you? And I had an accent, I had a Caribbean dialect like this. So can you imagine? And this big mane of hair that was never cut. <laughs> and the kids were like, what are you? And my mom was like, oh God. Well, just tell them you're human, honey. So I went to school. I went to school, and they said, what race are you? I said, human race. And those kids were like, you were about to get beat down. And I was like, I came back, and I had been, like, hit. I had been pushed. And I remember I was like, Mom, okay, you got to you gotta stop. What am you're I? You're like, I need an answer. I need to know numbers, percentages. And am like, I need to know. Am I a little bit of Native American? Give me, the, give me the percentages. I need it. And then she finally did. She goes, I don't want to. I was like, you got to. Because we're in America now, so just hand it to me and then she did and she told me all this stuff and I was like <laughs> shoot <laughs> okay so I gotta just own who I am and uh, truly realizing that ignorance comes all across the board by all humans people can be ignorant and not taking it personally so I felt like it was the sink or swim I either had to like rise up and be strong and have ultimate compassion towards all humanity mm -hmm. and love myself and love my blackness and then also love my mother for what she was trying to do in her whiteness, not understanding black people at all, but like thinking she was black. It was very, <laughs> she was, she was one of those people. She was like, I can't help my skin color. I was like, mom, <laughs> but you know, she did. She thought she was a black woman. And she her, was transracial. But, you know, she said she identified <laughs> black. She, identified she, was, black. She, was, she was an original transracial. She was original. <laughs> yes. But you know, I was going to say also, my you know? mom is black and famous. So I had, I was black from growing up. Well, yeah. Did y'all ever feel that level of intimidation knowing that mm -hmm. Tracy was Diana's daughter? Um, you know, watching movies, TV, um, seeing Lady Sings the Blues, seeing Diana Ross be a dark-skinned black woman, sensitive, you know, sensual, vivacious, smart, creative, full of life, and just glamorous in her clothes. And I was like, whoa, who is this woman? Who is this? And I, and my daughter was even her for Halloween. Um, wow. Yeah, like she has just sort of bookmarked and I cry because it's important. And we have, we're raising these little girls and hmm, now my turn. Mm -hmm. Kleenex, please. Sorry. 
it's important for them to see their, themselves. And so I, I thank Tracy's mother for that. It, it just really inspired me. So I was, I wouldn't say nervous, but I was highly anxious to see someone that I felt like emulated um, an aesthetic that I desperately needed during my upbringing. This is my final question. Cause this, Don't let it end! No, exactly. <laughs> this can't be it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For the girlfriend. Like, it has to be something else after this. It has to be. People really do love this show. So mm -hmm. it's going to have to be a movie, a miniseries that gives us some closure or something. Mm. Or some kind of really cool spin-off. Or like spin -off. a six-season, like, like a, like like a, a little mini-series. Like, mini like a mini-series. Ooh, six yay. Mini you know, because the chemistry is still there. I would like to know how each of y'all would want it to end. If you had the mm, ultimate girlfriend really? send-off. Oh. Starting with you, Persia. Um, I think Lynn's end would be that she actually got really successful mm -hmm. and um, yeah. did music and became like a producer and actually did it and mm -hmm. probably not even necessarily in this country. But yeah, I think it would be fun for her to get it together. Mm. Jill, how would you uh, welcome Tony? Um, definitely, I think that their friendship would be mended. Um, I mean, it probably wouldn't be that fun for fans, but I would love for her to like just kind of get a grasp on, like, reality. <laughs> you don't have enough all yeah. these years? <laughs> yeah. 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 Just, like, just like, you know, anchor her down just a little yeah. bit, you know, because she's floating really high up there. Yeah. That's um, hilarious. Yeah, but I, I want her to find love, you know? Mm. Tony's a very insecure woman. Let's be very clear about that part. And I would just love for her to really you know, anchor in a bit and just really truly start loving herself more. And if that means, if that comes with like love, like in a man and husband, like later on, that's beautiful. Hopefully with her child, that's great. But I just want her to love herself a little bit more and just be anchored a little bit more mm. and mend friendship. Mm. Maya, how do we wrap up? Oh, oh, golden. How do we wrap mm. up Maya? Jesus. <laughs> I know, the lines get played. <laughs> the authoress? She would definitely have a series of best-selling books. Motivational speaker. You know, she'd be the, you know, the urban totally version of that. Tony Robbins. You know mm. what I mean? Going to That's these conventions. And she's just really has become a voice for her community. And I have a feeling, so this is also maybe a little controversial for the fans. I don't think that Joan has gotten married. Really? I mm. think that Joan is actually happy in herself. I don't think mm. she's had a child and I don't think she's gotten married. And I think that it sets the example of... It's okay. It's the okay. happy ending yeah. does not mean that you ride Thanks. off with a man on a horse. Maybe her friends are her thing. Yeah. I'm grateful to Mara for what she brought together mm -hmm. with this. This started my career. Mm -hmm. It defines so much of who I am as a person. Um, the template of what we did on Girlfriends with our producers, our writers, our crew. Um, our cast, us as a as a group, and the friendships that, the bond that we created. And I will say thank you to you. Thank, thank you for you. keeping the so yeah. show alive. Yes. Thank you for the love that you had and have for the show. But yeah. I mean, while it was happening, Absolutely. you were there present, and for using your platform to continue to name and place us in the historical context oh. of what we did and how our community holds us. And so thank you for that. No, yes. thank y'all. We need one of these executives to cut the check for the miniseries. Yes. Okay, white, black, Jewish, somebody step up. Yes, this thank you. Right, thank thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right, <laughs> Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's yes, get sir. to the rumors. Let's talk BET Awards. It's about time. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Rumor report. Rumor report. This is.
The Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, the BET Awards were on last night. You know they filmed this in advance, so it's funny because I, I guess people know who won mm-hmm. already. But let's talk about who did win. Cardi B won for Best Hip Hop Video for Money. Meg Thee Stallion for Hot Ticket Performer. Travis Scott, Album of the Year for Astro World. Uh, J. Cole, Lyricist of the Year. MVP of the Year went to Nipsey Hussle. Producer of the Year, DJ Khaled. Uh, best collab duo or group, Little Nas X featuring Billy Ray Cyrus for Old Town Road. And Billy Ray Cyrus tweeted, Thank you, BET Hip Hop Awards for Best Collab Win. You kept Old Town Road at number one for 19 weeks. More importantly, you made me feel welcomed into your home and world. Dedicating this win to Mr. Nipsey Hussle, a legend gone way too soon. Uh, and they also won for Single of the Year. Best New Hip Hop Artist, The Baby. Best Mixtape, Meg Thee Stallion for Fever. Uh, and then DJ of the Year, Envy, you were nominated. Yep, shout out to Mustard. Mustard won that. But Mustard won that. Hustler of the Year went to Jay-Z. Now, there were a lot of performances, and of course, you know, we got to talk about the ciphers. Now, my girl Cash Doll was part of the BET cipher. And you know, she has an album coming out next Friday called Stacked, and I hosted her album listening session in Detroit. And I love Cash Doll, so check her out. I was underrated. Stacked, drop, now I'm their favorite. She said she actually got the call the night before and wrote that on the plane on the way there. Now, Iman Shumpert also was on the cypher. Listen to this. I'm off the rooftop in a new watch, talking woo-wop, the bam. In a new spot with the blue lights, baby, you got to dance. I got plans that fit an IMAX screen. They call me IMAX, but that just made my eyeballs gleam. Cause the light bulb day. Tearing an ACL's a hell that's hard to handle. But I scramble, Randall. Hope your luck's better than Andrews is. Driving McLaren in my saddles, racing Lambos. The aesthetic is like a vision that June Ambrose did. The upon that gift you got her toward a brand new crib. I was told to hold my tongue, but I got Rambo clips. So from now on, it's over my shoulder on some Rambo, see, they go again. Boys start tripping. <laughs> Amon got busy dropping the clues bombs for Amon Shumper. Remember, you and Iman had a little beef over his rapping abilities? He, he used to be whack. He, so, got, he got better. He got he a did. lot better. He did get better. I will say the best cypher last night was the comedy cypher, though, with Chico Bean, Little Just Duval, Hilarious, Just Carlos. Hilarious, Avion Crockett, and Carlos Miller. Mm-hmm. That was the best cypher. I like the battle, though. The battle, that one dude on the battle was getting busy. Well, we have a, there's a lot we could have uh, played here, but another thing that we need to talk about is Little Kim and her BET Hip Hop Award. She got the I Am Hip Hop Award presented to her by Rick Ross, and she also closed out the show with a medley of some of her most memorable songs, and there's a lot of those. So listen to Little Kim getting her Icon Award. I used to be a little tight because BET ain't never give me no daggone award. And so, you know, I used to always say to my godmother, I said, Godmommy, yo, why they keep fronting on me? I got plenty other awards. As a matter of fact, I got almost every other award. Why they ain't giving me Black Excellence Award? I need that. And she said, those awards ain't big enough for you, baby. You're not regular. Those awards are regular. And so she said, BET will give you the perfect award at the perfect time. And she always saw me getting it, but I didn't. I was like, nah, screw that. I don't care if I don't get one, whatever. Well, I can't believe she never got one before. Now, here's uh, how little no, Kim... Kim got people looking at their BET awards with disgust. <laughs> Look at that little regular-ass award. <laughs> what? Okay, well, she also thanked uh, several people. She also thanked Biggie and said that he is an angel following her all the time. And listen to what else she said. Now I come to realize that 
when you're the mother and you have set trends and people call you mother, when people honor you and give you the name queen, you get rewarded differently. So I wanna leave this with y'all. Never underestimate God's plan. That's right. All right, Little uh -huh. Kim and her new album, Nine, is coming out on Friday. It's her first album in 14 years. And listen, we're not going to act like uh, the best performance last night wasn't Lil Duval bringing all of Florida on stage, okay? With the wheelchair, with the lady in the wheelchair. He was riding on the back with, of the wheelchair. With the, with the midget twerking. Oh, my all God. Right? You can't with, say midget. With, little with, person, bro. Uh, with Pretty V coming out there dancing her ass off, okay? Mm -mm -mm. Look, look, that was a nice little medley when Meg Thee Stallion did uh, Hot... What's that song called? Hot, hot, girl, girl, hot Summer. Girl Summer. Yeah. And then Lil Duval did City Boy with it because they've been doing the whole Hot Girl City Boy Challenge all, mm -hmm. all, all, all summer long. Mm -hmm. That was dope. All right, well, I'm Angela and Yee, and that hell. is your rumor report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now, Charlemagne, yes. who are you giving that donkey to? Listen, man, uh, it's a young man named, De well, he's not young. He's actually 78 years old, okay? <laughs> he's not young. He's young to somebody. All right. right. There's somebody that's 100 telling, calling him a young man, but we need Dave Peterson to come to the front of the congregation. We'd like to have a word with him. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Charlemagne, say the gang, donkey, other Charlemagne. You are Donkey. <laughs> it's time for Donkey of the Day. Donkey of the Day does not discriminate. I might not have the song of the day, but I got the donkey of the day. So if you ever feel I need to be a donkey, <laughs> man, hit me with the heat. Uh, yeah, it's the Breakfast Club, bitches. Who's Donkey of the Day today? Ah. Donkey of the Day for Wednesday, October 9th goes to a Penn State alumni named Dave Peterson. Uh, Dave, 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 Dave. Dave is 78 years old, and he's described as a Penn State alumnus and football fan. And like most football fans, he has an opinion on players. Now, most of the time, opinions on players are regulated to talent, unless, of course, the player is an absolute knucklehead, a troublemaker, drug user, whose conduct is detrimental to the success of the overall team. Listen to what I said the conduct that is detrimental to the success of the overall team. See, we don't really care about the individual player as much as we care about how that individual player affects the overall team. Well, in this case, the Penn State Nittany Lions are 5-0, and and the player who Dave Peterson has an opinion about is Antonio Shelton, okay? He's a defensive standout. He's got 15 tackles on the year. He's team captain. He's doing his damn thing. Drop on a clues bomb for Antonio Shelton, okay? What is there to complain about when your team is 5-0? and What is there to complain about when it comes to a defensive standout like Antonio Shelton? Well, 78-year-old Dave Peterson found something. Let's go to WPVI ABC 6 for the report, please. Jonathan Sutherland is a Penn State football captain and a Dean's List student. But what people are talking about tonight is his hair. That's thanks to this letter. The author is a proclaimed alumnus from decades ago named David Peterson. He calls Sutherland's hair awful, stating his locks are disgusting and are certainly not attractive. He also writes... We would welcome the reappearance of dress codes for athletes. Well, Sutherland wrote a response on social media, but he took the high road, writing, At the end of the day, without an apology needed, I forgive this individual because I'm nowhere close to being perfect, though that hasn't stopped an outpouring of support for him, including from his coach. I would be so blessed if my daughters would marry someone with his character and integrity one day. But according to published reports, Peterson says making a racial or cultural statement was not the intent. Oh, I'm sorry. The player's name is Jonathan Sutherland, not Antonio Shelton. Uh, uh, Daniel, get me um, Jonathan's stats real quick. But either way, the story remains the same. Uh, Dave... 
Peterson, he's 78 years old, and I know generations change and older people aren't used to the braids and the dreadlocks, the Odell Beckham colorful hair. I know you probably rather see people with mullets and crew cuts. But listen, old head times change, okay? Why do you care how that man wears his hair? All right, David told this man in a letter, uh, watching the Idaho game, oh, here it goes, watching the Idaho game on TV, we couldn't help but notice your well, awful hair. Surely there must be mirrors in the locker room. Don't you have parents or a girlfriend who have told you those shoulder-length dreadlocks look disgusting and are certainly not attractive? Uh, Dave Peterson, you don't find Jonathan Sutherland attractive. Uh, a 78-year-old man doesn't find a 22-year-old football player attractive. What in the name of Jerry Sandusky is going on at Penetration State University? All right, why does this young football player have to look attractive to this old man? What the hell does that have to do with football? Now, when your school has had a child sex abuse scandal that caused the four-year ban, I don't want to see a 78-year-old man writing letters to a 20-something-year-old young boy telling them what they find what they don't find attractive on him, right? <laughs> that just don't sound right. Now, I was going to play a game of guess what race it is, but I can't find a picture of Dave Peterson to confirm his identity. But let's use context clues and figure it out later. Now, we know about this situation. Uh, Dave Peterson wrote letters to complain about Jonathan Sutherland's dreadlocks, okay? In 2013, he wrote a letter agreeing with another reader who said, black leaders dropped the ball, all right? In the, and in the letter, he compared welfare to slavery. He's written letters criticizing people with tattoos, saying they should only be in prison or drug gangs. Saying, he also said that saying uh, that educating children about Muslim holidays is offensive to 9-11 victims and survivors, and that babies and young children should not be allowed in public if they make noise. He's also written <laughs> letters on topics ranging from blighted rental properties to the welfare system and how the courts handle violent offenders, okay? Uh, I think we have enough. Let's play a game of Guess What Race It Is! Oh, let me read you one more thing. In the letter where he compared welfare to slavery, he says, <clears throat> we cannot win if the social slavery of wealth... No. We cannot win if the social slavery of welfare continues unchecked by rewarding those who ignore their social responsibilities, continue to produce multiple children, an expectation of even more rewards, have no desire or plan to seek employment, and whose only true ambition involves collecting welfare checks, food stamps, and illicit drugs. Now, we don't have a picture of Dave Peterson, but I think we have an idea of what he is. Uh, Angela E., would you like to take a wild guess? I would say white. Okay. Well, what, make, what makes you say that? <laughs> uh, everything that you, you just... I knew it right away, though. I mean, immediately I thought that. DJ, DJ Envy? Yes, sir. Uh, do you have a, a guess? Yes. Donald Trump. Orange. Exactly. <laughs> so you he's orange. White! Okay. <laughs> uh, I can't confirm or deny this because I don't have a picture of Dave Peterson, but I'm just going... I'm just going to jump out there and say, I think you both are correct because the mayonnaise is heavy in this story. Too much goddamn mayonnaise. Yes, please let Chelsea Handler give Dave Peterson the biggest hee-haw. Hee-haw, hee-haw. That is way too much Dan mayonnaise. Oh, yes, and uh, even though I got the names wrong, uh, Jonathan Sutherland knows are his actual stats. He has 15 tackles on the year. He is a defensive standout. He is the team captain. Salute to Jonathan Sutherland. Yes. Okay.
All right. Well, thank you for that donkey today. Mm-hmm. Up next is Ask a Yee. Uh, before you do that, did mm-hmm. y'all watch Chelsea Handler's White Privilege documentary? I didn't. I did not. All right. Just because you gave him donkey of the day with Chelsea Handler. But y'all should watch that. Okay. It's interesting. All right. Well, up next is Ask Yee. 800-585-1051. If you got questions for Yee, you can call her now. 800-585-1051. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. <laughs> Here's some real advice with Angela Yee. It's Ask Yee. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Hello, uh, Anonymous. Hey, Anonymous. What's your question for Yee? Um, so I have been in a relationship with my boyfriend for the last eight or nine years. Okay. And I, uh, we have two kids together. Um, I went through his phone and um, I saw him texting, but the person he was texting, they said something like, um, I want you to one in my mouth real quick. Sorry if I can't say that on the radio. He said, I, the way the person said, yeah. I want you to in my mouth? Yes, but, it, okay. but it's a guy. Whoa. Are you sure it's a guy? Because you know, a lot of guys will have a code name when they're no, testing no, other I, women and they use a man's name. I'm, I'm pretty positive. Um, because it's my neighbor. Wow. Whoa. Okay, wow. so your man is cheating on you with the neighbor who's a man. Correct. Okay, Whoa. so what's the question? Because A, he's cheating on you. B, he's down low. <laughs> well, maybe she knew. Sounds pretty up high to me. <laughs> so what are you going to do? I mean, obviously you have to talk to him about this. Yeah, but I don't know what to say. I don't even know how to bring it up without... I just, I don't know. I just need advice. Man, teach that man how to suck d- properly, man. Hey, yo, Stop come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so is your plan to break up with him? Um, uh, Absolutely. I just don't know okay. how to do it. I've been mean, together for so long, so it's just... Listen, it's first hard. of all, you should feel deceived. I mean, the man is cheating on you. Whether he's cheating on you with another man or with a woman, he's cheating on you. Yeah. And you deserve to confront this man, let him know, look, I went through your phone and this is what I saw. Now, whatever your preference is, that's not about this. This is about the fact that you are dishonest and you've been lying to me and sneaking around behind my back. Yeah, I agree. So you have to tell him. And I think, you know, for himself, this will be interesting to see how he deals with that because clearly he has a lot of things that he uh, is dealing with. And so for you, though, take care of you. It's not always about the other person in situations like this. This is more about you, and you got to be selfish. Yeah, I definitely have to be selfish with this uh, with this situation. But thank you. Okay, and I'm sorry to hear that, man. That sucks. It's like a more than one thing you got to think about now. Yeah, yeah, kids, house, him being on a low. Yeah, the whole yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck with that. All right, have yes, a good one, Mama. Y'all, y'all, I love y'all show. Y'all have a good morning. All right, jeez. Isn't that crazy that somebody could cheat on you, but you're concerned about hurting their feelings or how you're going to approach them? That's that crazy. Is I mean, that's crazy. a little. That's a little bit. That's a different type of situation, though. It's not like you're approaching him over a woman. Like that's a very complicated. You're still situation. cheating. 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 Still cheating. You know, it's, y'all gonna sit Listen, here and act like that's not another level of cheating? If my nah, boyfriend but, cheated on me with a man, I still I would let him know right away. But cheating is still cheating. Right. Yes, cheating is cheating, but that's a whole other level of cheating. When you find out your man is sleeping with another man, you got kids, now you got to explain this to your kids. How do you approach your man when you find that out? You tell him. You be like, I read your phone and Who's I saw... Who's you want to b- in? <laughs> As a woman, I tell you exactly what I do. I approach him and I be like, I went through your messages. I see that you're having an affair. You're cheating on me with a neighbor. So obviously so we're not going to be together. 
I mean, it doesn't matter. I care about the cheating. <laughs> All right. Okay. You know, what am I supposed to do about that? Right. What more is there you can do? Like, that, that you cheated is, that, on me? That I'm, is another level, though. Okay. I've, I've never been in that predicament, so I can't answer that, sir. All right. Well, I hope you don't get caught then. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Ask you, 800 585 is The Breakfast Club. Good morning. You used to call me on my cell phone. Come on. Need relationship advice? Need personal advice? Just need real advice. Call up now for Ask Yee. Keep it real. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Hey, it's Melissa. How are you? Hey, Melissa. What's your question for Yee? Okay, so um, when I was pregnant, I'm just going to say I was six months pregnant at the time. Me and my baby father got into an argument. He spit in my face in front of my kids. Wow. And I ended up picking up a pot, and I was going to hit him with it, but he broke the handle on a pot. Um, when he broke the handle on a pot, he cut his hands. So he went to the emergency room, posted a picture on social media. You know, you ask for attention, you're going to get attention. So everybody asking him what's wrong. Um, you know, that was that incident. So moving forward a little bit, I was eight months pregnant, and he ended up cocking back. So I picked up a plant holder, and I bust him in his head. Wow, this guy is out of his mind. Now, the thing about it is, when I was um, pregnant with my son's father, he stabbed me. So I was in an abusive relationship before. So my baby father right now knows that. So I kind of get, like, you know, a little scared when somebody cocks their hand back. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I hit him in the head. He had to get nine stitches. I was eight months pregnant at this time. So um, his mom, the next day, went on social media and said she hoped I slipped and fall and she hoped my baby died. Wow. So my question to you is now that my baby is here, he feels as though I should let him see her see um, my baby. And I'm not having it. No, you wish my baby was dead and you're going to keep that same energy. Although my baby is here healthy and well, you're not going to see my baby. Now, question, are you still with the father? My baby. Yes, I am. Uh, are you concerned about that? Because apparently you guys have a relationship where you feel threatened by him at times, a couple of different occasions. Um, I must say the fighting and stuff like that has subsided. Like, we don't fight like we used to, but I still feel some type of way about what his mother did. Like, this is your grandbaby. You know, she knows before I met him, he done broke his ex-socket. He done broke his ex, um, ex-wife's hand. I'm not having it. You're not breaking nothing. Melissa, I want to say one thing before we even get to the mother-in-law. What about you? Are you concerned about being in a relationship with an abuser? Um, uh, you know, the sad thing about it is I'm used to it. And that's the sad no, thing. No, I'm concerned about you, Me- Melissa. You, I'm very concerned. You have children to worry about to take care of. And, you know, when with abuse, you never know what could happen. Worst case scenario, it could be your life. I know. You're so right. You are right. And I, I, I'm aware of it. But like I said, the past, since the baby's been here, we haven't been physical towards each other. And, you know, it, it could be me, too, you know. But I'm, I'm standing up for myself. I, so it's not like I start and I start hitting him when we was fighting. But he hasn't put his hands on me physically since the baby's been here. So I want to say that he has been learned. He has learned his lesson because we haven't been fighting a physical or anything. I'm just like concerned that. because of his history, even before you, and the fact that he mm-hmm. sent this to you on more than one occasion. Yeah, that's what I'm really uh-huh. concerned about, and you know about your well-being. So before we even get to the whole uh, mother situation, and you're right, that is your child, and I would feel the same way if that was me. You wished harm. You said you wanted me to lose the baby. Now you want to see the baby. There's just so much going on here. I feel like we need to talk more offline just because I'm concerned Mm -hmm. about you. 
So hold on the line because, you know, we do have people, uh, Dr. Jasper, who's been really helpful. And I would love for you to talk to somebody who is more of an expert on this just because I want you to uh, understand that this is something that's dangerous for you, period. Okay. All right. right. Hold on the line, Melissa. All right. Okay. Ask ye 800-585-1051 if you need relationship advice or any type of advice, you can call ye now. Now we got rumors on the way, ye. Yes, let's talk about Drake. He's very upset about his relationship with his father. We'll tell you what his father said that has him all in his feelings. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Uh, Well, Drake is hurt, and that's because his father, Dennis Graham, did an interview. He sat down with Nick Cannon, and he said that Drake would lie about their relationship because he wanted to sell records. Listen to this. I have always been with Drake, and we we really got into a deep conversation about that. I said, Drake, why are you saying all of this uh, different stuff about me, man? Like, uh, uh, this is not cool. And uh, he goes, Dad, it sells records. <laughs> uh, so, okay, well, cool. I wish my dad was that understanding. All right, so Drake on different occasions has talked about his father's alcoholism and his dad being absentee. And Dennis Graham is saying those things are not true. And Drake responded on social media. Woke up today so hurt, man. My father will say anything to anyone that's willing to listen to him. It's sad when family gets like this, but what can we really do? That's the people we are stuck with. Every bar I ever spit was the truth, and the truth is hard for some people to accept. You know, the problem with old school fathers is they don't realize they weren't really the best fathers because in their mind they were just doing the best they could, but the things that they were going through, whether it was alcoholism, because that's stuff my father dealt with, or, you know, because him and the mom wasn't together, right? Right, no. or not being around. That's what I'm saying, not being around as much as you think you're around. Like, you know, those weekends are coming to see your son every day. That's not really parenting, Yeah, my but guy. the problem is, is even though, like, you don't go against your son. You know what I mean? Like, my dad I, my dad would never go against me no matter what I said. He might check me later I don't on. Think, I, don't, I don't think he went against him. I think yes, he, he did. No, the, the stuff that my son is, is rapping about is lies. Fabrication. It's a fabrication. Well, it's, sell well, records. well, it's about him. So imagine, right. I mean, think about ego and pride. If you're an older father uh, and you're like, oh, he's saying I'm a bad father, that's not true. I yeah, was around. Yeah, and his dad has his own music career he's yeah. trying to launch, so he probably doesn't like nah. to hear those things about himself. It's just about perspective. The father sees it one way, the son sees it another way. And Drake might have said it sells records, but he might have felt like his honesty is what's selling records. If that's how exactly he feels like their relationship True. was, but not I, necessarily that he's lying. I just look at Dennis Graham, and something about his mustache and his hat makes me think he's lying. That's just me. You can't just judge people. We just had yes, a whole conversation can. about what's wrong with his. Oh, yeah. not Come judging on. people just yeah, by yeah, how yeah, they put, look. put the picture back. Yeah. Now does this guy look like he's telling the truth? <laughs> but but <laughs> it seems like everybody had that mustache in the sixties and seventies. Old school pimp father. Say, I think I'm gonna ride with Drake on this one. Yeah, I'm with okay? you. Okay, yeah, I'm with you. All right, I'm with you. All right, now since Santana in the meantime did an interview. She sat she sat down with New York, who has her own podcast now, her own brunch podcast. And she talked about her relationship with Joe Button, among other things. Here's what she had to say about leaving Joe. Do you feel like having a high-profile relationship and having it on Front Street could have played a part in you guys deciding to separate? We didn't decide on anything. I did what was best for my mental health, for my peace, and for me and my son. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, It was a decision that I I had to make on my own. This Mm -hmm. wasn't a unison thing. All right, in addition to that, she says that 
life is better now. Sometimes you get rid of the burden of a relationship that's not good and you feel so much better. Basically, let's just say that I'm probably the happiest that I've ever been. You look. And that was probably the best decision that I've made in my entire life. In the 26 yeah. years I have living on this earth, mm -hmm. the best decision mm -hmm. I made was leaving that relationship. And my son and I are amazing. All right, so. Well, yeah. if Joe Budden was a car, that wouldn't be a good Carfax. <laughs> All right? <laughs> if, you, if you're thinking about purchasing that ride, you look at that Carfax, you'd be like, ugh. All right. Know. But once again, perspective, because I'm sure Joe sees it a totally different way. Right, and I'm looking at Joe's tweets because you know he responds to everything. He did? Waiting did to he see. respond? No, but I guess on his latest podcast, he's talking about... um. About parenting and I don't think you respond. Yeah, he yeah, hasn't. I don't think he's, the, he's single parent resentment topic. So I I don't know. <laughs> you can't re you can't respond to that though. Because at the end of the day, that's still the mother of your child. Correct. Well, I'm not saying you got to diss her. You know, he might just have something he wants to say in defense of himself. Joe got Who three knows? diss records in the clip right no, now. He, for doesn't. <laughs> yeah, he, doesn't. <laughs> he definitely does. Twenty not. minute freestyle, sixty a whole hour. All right, Nipsey <laughs> Hussle has a biography coming out, The Marathon Don't Stop, and that's going to be released next year. It's the life and times of Nipsey Hussle exploring his life, and that's going to be coming out on Atria Books. According to Complex Music journalist Rob Kenner, will be the author of that book to help set the record straight amidst all kinds of misinformation that's out there. So I'm sure that's going to be a great read for everybody who's fans of Nipsey Hussle and wants to learn more about him. Mm -hmm. A little peep's mom is suing his managers and tour company for his death. She says that they're the ones that actually gave him drugs, they provided an unstable environment, and pushed him to the point of exhaustion, all factors that led to his tragic death. So his mom did file that lawsuit on Monday against First Access Entertainment and people associated with that company. All right, ESPN, they don't like you talking about politics on that show at all. And Stephen A. Smith was trying to discuss the Israeli-Palestinian conflict on First Take, and here's what happened. Hold on, Molly, before we close. I would remind you that throughout this world, one of the things that exists is the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. I don't see folks outside of the Jewish community talking about that too often. <laughs> Okay, Why? Guys, because let's guess do what? When let's you open your mouth, you have to be careful. Okay, let's take a commercial break. Sometimes, obviously, your moral compass trumps business interests. Oh, we saw it can man. cost you yeah. your job. Look at the Colin yeah. Kaepernick. Uh, let's get a commercial break in. We will get yeah, into Zion, and maybe we'll discuss man, this as well. Man. I should bring a Colin Kaepernick. Man, man, cut, cut, hey, cut him right off. Drop one of clues bonds for the Jewish community, man. I, I, re I will always respect the fear that y'all strike in people immediately. I mean, as soon as he uttered Palestinian and Israel and said Jewish, they jumped in Molly's ear and said, go, go to commercial right now. Cut them off immediately. I will say it's a difficult <laughs> topic a for to us to talk about here. <laughs> he didn't even get his chance to finish what he was saying. <laughs> if you know why it's a difficult topic to talk about? Because I don't know nothing about it. Exactly. And so we I'm haven't been there. And it, it's I don't not know anything about it. Zero. So, so that's I'm, why it's a hard thing to try to weigh in on. It's not know? hard to weigh in on. I don't say nothing because I don't know nothing about it. That's when you bring up people that know that have been. You bring up the Mark, Mark Lamont Hill has been. You know what I'm saying? Mark you Lamont see what happened with that? Well, he's still been. He has a perspective. <laughs> I, don't listen, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't mind. I don't mind any opinion as as long as it's an educated right. opinion, an educated perspective. Yeah, they cut him off quick, fast. All right. Now Tyler Perry says that his studio in Atlanta will also include a compound. Listen to this. He is building a compound for trafficked women, girls, homeless women, LGBTQ youth who are put out and displaced, and having a compound that is a beautiful place right here on somewhere on these 330 acres where they're trained in the business and they become 
self-sufficient. They live in uh, nice apartments. There's daycare. There's all these wonderful things that allows them to re-enter society. That's dope. Drop on the right. sponsor, Tyler Perry. I know one thing, man. Tyler Perry needs to stop calling Tyler Wood a table. Cause that's more than a damn table. All right, that is a community. You hear me? And he also built that studio on a former Confederate Army base. Yes, he so did. Mm-hmm. How ironic is that? Tyler Wood, baby. All right, well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right, Revolt. We'll see you tomorrow. Everybody else, the People's Choice mixes up next. Get your request in. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We have a special guest on the line, sponsored by Netflix's new series, Rhythm and Flow. Our family from The Real 92.3 in L.A. He's our iHeart brother, DJ Head. What's up, sir? West Coast, Breakfast Club. What's poppin'? West Coast. What's up, my brother? It's early out there, huh? my brother? Now, he- oh, yeah, it's hella early. Now, Head, first of all, tell them what station you represent, even though Envy did. I, I want to hear you say it. Real 92.3, L.A.'s new home for hip-hop. And you come on, what, every night, 6 to 10? Uh, 7 to 11, my brother Bootleg Kev. Now, tell everyone about Rhythm and Flow, which is now streaming on Netflix. Rhythm and Flow is Netflix uh, hip-hop competition. To me, it's the best one ever. You know what I'm saying? It's actually the first of its kind. It's completely uncensored. Um, it's raw and uncut, to be honest with you. Are, so, they, are they actually good artists on here, Head? Because, Head, I know you're going to tell the truth. Are they good artists or are they trash? I, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, we sifted through the trash, and it's a lot of good talent on here. It's a lot of talent left. For people that don't know what Rhythm and Flow is, tell them exactly what this show is about for people that have no clue. Uh, well, shout out to Cardi B, Chance the Rapper, T.I. We basically They're basically on a hunt to find um, America's next best hip-hop act. Um, they hit the streets of my hometown, L.A., Atlanta, New York, Chicago, to you know to find that. And what does the winner get when they when they when they win the competition? Uh, that's that's something that you got to tune in to see. I, no, I can tell you what they get. What do they get? <laughs> they get a quarter million dollars. Oh, they get two hundred fifty. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Really? Okay. Only reason I know that because I sat down with Chance the Rapper and Ti, and they and they, <laughs> they, they 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 said that they said that um. In a conversation I had with them, maybe yet, maybe Head wasn't supposed to announce that now, bro. Well, I yeah. did. They get twenty thousand dollars. You know, I stay in my lane. Well, there you go. You <laughs> said it, I didn't. Yeah. Now, 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 why is this an important show for the culture, man? Like, what do you think this will do for hip hop? Honestly, I think it's important because hip hop has never had this kind of light shined on it. I feel like um, in the past, there's been a lot of shows that's come out try to showcase hip hop, but it's been corny, and that was my main thing when I signed up to do this. Like, it, it cannot be corny. And what's the first episode about for people who want to check it out today? First episode, hits the streets, my hometown, L.A. We out here on the West Coast. Uh, T.I. enlisted the help of a couple of the homies of mine, the late great Nev Hustle. You know, who Pat, he, we lost him earlier this year. Um, also, Anderson Pack and uh, Snoop tapped in, too. So they basically are uh, auditioning talent and sifting through the B.S. That's dope. Well, you can check out the first four episodes of Rhythm and Flow, streaming right now only on Netflix. And Head, we appreciate you for checking in. Thank you, West Coast. Positive note is up next. Everybody is DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now uh, it's time to get up out of here. Charlamagne, you got a positive note for the people? Yeah, man. First of all, I want to salute uh, the cast of girlfriends. You know what I'm saying? Jill Marie Jones, Tracy Ellis Ross, Golden Brooks, Persia White. Uh, I hope that us girlfriends fans are one step closer to getting the closure that we need. Um, when, when I look on social media last night and I see. You know, black is trending, and I see the the response that they got. I have to think that one of these studio executives will say, you know what, that is what that's something we need to reboot. You know what I'm saying? We don't need a whole show. We just need a little mini series or something. Mm-hmm. That's all. A movie. That's all. That's all. Give us a little closure. And I got to salute uh, 
Edward Waters College, man. I was there yesterday because uh, you know it's Mental Health Week. Tomorrow is World Mental Health Awareness Day. Mm-hmm. Salute to uh, our station in um, Jacksonville, 93.3 to beat. You know, they, they they pulled up on us. Nikki, what's happening? Yaya, what's happening? So thank you to everybody at Edward Waters College, man. That was a great discussion we had about just mental health and mindfulness and growth and evolution. So I appreciate y'all. And the positive note is simply this. Don't be pushed around by the fears in your mind. Be led by the dreams in your heart. Breakfast Club, bitches! You all finished?